by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. So... <laughs> Now, um, towards the end of last year, Bishop had a Bible study in his house where we had to learn about different gifts. And I had an issue with memorizing scripture, which is funny because Pastor Chad has been making all the youth memorize scripture. Um, so what I always thought, what for? What, you know, a good paraphrase is good because no matter how many times I've read the Bible, I can't memorize it. You know, I can't do like Baron, who I remember when he was saved, he was trying to memorize the whole thing. That was amazing to me, but I was like, okay, you know, good paraphrase is always good in a pinch. So, um, you know, so in class, Bishop was teaching about the gifts, and he spoke about teachers and how teachers are naturally gifted to memorize scripture. And I, for those of you that know me, I'm always looking for little loopholes here or there. So um, I was like, aha, this is why I can't memorize scripture. This is why I don't, I don't feel the desire to memorize scripture, that I feel that I can just add it to my own little flavor, so to speak. And I, I raised my hand and I asked, well, I don't think I raised my hand. I think I asked Bishop, you know, um, so this is why teachers are gifted and they shouldn't really be pressuring us to memorize scripture because, you know, we're not gifted. We're not teachers. And good old Bishop was like, no, no, no. Then he gave us an example of the soap, which I hope if I do it wrong, you can say it over. <laughs> um, he gave me the example of how when you have soap in the sink, you know, to wash your hands or like the detergent, it does its job at the beginning because it's strong. But for those of us that, are, you know, want to pinch pennies towards the end, you start filling it up with water if, if you don't have new soap. So as it gets diluted with the water, so it loses its strength, its sufficiency in order to clean the dishes or your hands or whatever. And so he said, so it is with scripture. You, um, you, if you memorize it and you say it directly as it's written in the Bible, then at that point, it's very effective. You know, have you ever debated with somebody? You say it straight from the Bible and that usually shuts them up. But when you, when you paraphrase, you're kind of like, you know, going around it and it's not as strong as uh, it should be. So he then gave me to study Psalm 119 which I understood that he wanted me to memorize it. And I knew that everybody in the class was laughing, and I didn't know why. And that night, I go to read Psalm 119, and it's the longest psalm in the Bible. I, I think in my Bible, it was like six pages or something. I was like, is he kidding me? So I, I read it diligently for several you know, days or weeks. Uh, but needless to say, I didn't memorize it. Um, however, weeks passed, and um, I came upon this Psalm 73. And it really touched my heart, and I really was like, wow, this is something that I really would like to memorize, especially verses 21 through 26, and especially, especially verse 26. So um, I, I really resolved it to meditate on it all the time and to really try to memorize it. And I think if, if Dawn would come to me at work with something, I would say it to her. You know, anybody that came to me, I would say, God is the strength of your heart. So, um, and you know, and I, I, I just kept using it. So, um, that happened at the end of last year. Then towards the turn of the year, for those of you that have been with us, you know that Faith Dome has gone through some troubles. We've lost, in the sense of that we've lost some leadership, we've lost some people that have been with us for a while. And I happened to work with some of that leadership who really hurt me a lot deeply before, prior to their leaving and with their leaving. 
And um, I then had some issues with some of the vision that we are committed to, especially the growing together part. Because at that point, when I got burnt, so to speak, with that leadership, I didn't want to have to do anything with anybody. <laughs> I, I participated on Wednesdays. I participated, obviously. I did my ushering duties on Sunday. But um, for those of you that have tried to get a little close to me, you notice that there was like a wall. I was like, OK, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to participate in that. And um, it was because you know, I, was, I was leery. I was leery of, of you know, getting hurt and whatnot. So that brings me to that first verse, which says that my heart was bitter and I was torn up inside. I knew that there was something wrong with me. I needed to get over it. I needed to submit it to God, you know, and, and I kept surrendering it, but then I would come pick it back up. And I surrender it and pick it back up. And, that, and that's how I've been living these past few months. And uh, I felt that was holding on to me. I felt that I needed to continue to hold on to him and be faithful. And uh, I, I knew that I shouldn't let myself be guided by my feelings. So I continued to do what I needed to do in order to, uh, surrender myself to God, but um, I, my feelings were not catching up with it. My heart wasn't catching up to it, and it was difficult because I knew, you know, I would praise and worship and everything, and I, and I knew that, you know, God is there, you know, and, and he's real, but for some reason, I, I just wasn't getting that breakthrough as far as my emotions, as far as my feelings were towards others. Um, then I was also get, given the job of coordinating MPAC and Royal Rangers, and that was difficult too because obviously it had to deal with my past, with the past leaders, and I didn't feel that desire. I felt the fire that I had last year to deal with that group. Um, I didn't feel it this year no matter how much I prayed, but I knew that I needed to be there for my kids, So, um, especially my girls because uh, I do the MPAC part and Rob does the Royal Rangers part. Um, I would pray for God to not let my feelings interfere and that his will be done in those ministries. But as the months were passing, I couldn't help but get like, hello, am I going to get a breakthrough here? You know, sometime this year, you know, I've been praying, I'm, I've been, you know, making efforts, but I don't feel like it. And one time I was tired. My job, the responsibilities were increasing. We had a change in leadership there, too. And there, I was also fighting the battle that I, that I knew that God told me that people wanted my job, you know, because they see the glitz, the glamour. They don't see the hardship. So they wanted my job. And I knew that, that I was getting attacked there, too. So when I prayed and I was tired and whatnot, I prayed to God and he told me, get up at five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, you know, I have a hard time getting up at 5.30 as it is. I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Are you kidding me? And I mentioned it in the Wednesday class and, and, and Bishop laughed, but he said, he told you to get up at five o'clock in the morning, you can get up at five o'clock in the morning. So I was like, oh man. So, um, and, and part of it was that I was feeling run down. So I did get up at five. And I started exercising and doing little praise and worship, you know, as I did my walking videos. And it, it did give me some energy and it did give me some, some refreshment for the day so that I functioned better. But then my spirit, that was physical. Then my spirit started getting very weak. Uh, my husband and I, you know, uh, were bogged down with work, church, family issues. For me personally, there was a huge crisis in New York with my family that I dearly love, something that, you know, I'm one of the oldest, I'm the oldest female out of my cousins, and so I, I couldn't fix it. You know, I, it, it was legal issues, and uh, I wanted to be there for them, and I, I had to be there for them from here, which was very difficult. And, uh, and, and that was really, again, bogging me down. And uh, so Rob and I eventually started committing the ultimate marital sin which was that we put God first, you know, we did what we had to do as far as coming here, as far as praying and whatnot. But we put, after that, we put um, 
others first, like the ministry, like the kids and whatnot, and we put ourselves last. And then at that point, distance started to increase between the two of us. So we weren't a team anymore. Um, I felt God tugging at me to talk to Rob. However, um, what some of you know is not normal for me. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to Rob because I was afraid of what he was going to tell me. Um, and, and I just felt icky inside. So I was afraid that he was going to tell me to my face what I knew I felt inside that wasn't right. Um, so I, and I also started getting vibes from Rob that I, that I wasn't liking. Because uh, normally he tolerates me pretty well. You know, he's, he's got you know, help <laughs> he married me, I don't know, <laughs> because I was way worse at the beginning. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was getting the vibes from him that, you know, he was getting to a point that he didn't care either. So that's not good. You know, usually if you have a marital issues and one person doesn't care, the other one kind of, you can pray it and carry yourselves through. But when both people start not to really care, that brings you into the danger zone. Um, it was very easy to let those weeks and months pass by because we were so busy. We were letting that whole busyness um, cloud us. Um, but this went, this went on, and in my prayer time, I knew that God was telling me to talk to him, to, have, you know, to start talking to him. But I, I have the bad habit of trying to negotiate with God all the time. <laughs> I wish I could say I'm like the Bible where they say, do this and you go do it. And that's not me. I, I tried negotiating and I said, well, maybe if I do this, maybe if we plan a vacation, maybe if we plan a weekend away, that type of thing, maybe, you know, we'll get back to being that team because I didn't necessarily see us having huge problems like other marriages. Um, but needless to say, I, 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 it didn't work. My disobedience, however, had opened the door to depression on my part and a little carelessness on my part. I felt this and prayed for God to not let me go. It was as if my body was broken up in two. Then a few weeks ago, we really started to escalate by snapping at each other and by ignoring each other. And we had just celebrated our 15-year anniversary. So it's funny because, you know, we had, we had a nice anniversary, but we felt like, you know, wow, is this, is this going to be the end? And for my part, I thought that. Then um, we... We had a weekend where it escalated, and I said, you know, I felt God telling me, this is the weekend. You have got to sit down and have a conversation with him. You guys cannot continue this way. And so we had the rare Sunday where nothing, nobody had told us, invited us anywhere. We had to do anything. And, I mean, it was, it was nothing. No, we didn't have anything in the schedule. Robert was playing, my son was playing video games. You know, he just disappears for a while because he takes advantage on Sundays to play video games. So Rob and I were, were alone, and I said, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk. So we go to the back in a in nice, peaceful yard, and uh, we started to talk about our mutual unhappiness more so his than mine, we realized that we had not been truly happy for a while. We had been letting ourselves just let our busyness control us. And we've been like good friends, living together, friends, roommates, that type of thing. But there was no togetherness. So we actually started talking about separation. Because at that point, it was funny, I, I had a theory, <laughs> which was that we were unequally yoked when we got married. So technically, you know, I, I don't, you know, we could, we could let it go if we had to. We were like, because we were thinking, well, you know, we realized, <laughs> we realized that if we had, if we had gotten 
if we had known each other at the beginning and know what we know now, we probably would have picked other partners. And we've said that to each other. You know, we realized, yes, we probably would have picked somebody else. Uh, because now that we, you know, when I got married, I didn't even take his last name because I wasn't sure if the marriage would last. Um, I didn't see that many marriages lasting. Um, and uh, it really wasn't until, and the marriages that lasted in my family, that lasted for a long time, they were miserable marriages, including my parents. I mean, it was just like they were together for the kids. They were together out of habit. It and, and even love, but it was like a dysfunctional love. Um, and so we, we were seriously thinking, I said, you know, when we, we got married Catholic, so technically, you know, with the Catholic, you know, we could, we could just, you know, let it go, you know. So, um, so we then, we keep talking about that. We we're very sad with each other. And we said, okay, we prayed. And, and, we, and, and in my mind, I was, this was the beginning of the end. I was already thinking, okay, how are we going to separate our stuff? Because everything's linked together. Uh, I was already thinking about, you know, where would I have to move, you know, and because will we be able to maintain this house? And, and needless to say, breaking it to Robert, because Robert didn't know anything about this. Robert thought that everything was good. And uh, that was a painful thing because we knew that we would shatter him. Um, but so we, we, at that point, we separated. We literally separated. I slept in one room. He slept in another. Um, a few days went by, and uh, I started... I, I sent him an email saying, okay, you know, how are we going to do this bank-wise? You know, am I going to have the, I, I think technically that way, how am I going to refinance the house, you know, because I'm thinking maybe I will stay in Florida and that type of thing. And so I sent this email to Rob, and at that point, I guess Rob really, like, woke up, like, whoa, this girl is serious. I, I mean, he could say it, you know, because I haven't asked him exactly, but all I know is that he was like, well, stop, stop everything that you're doing, and uh, we'll talk tonight. And as I'm praying going back home, I remembered the renewal vows that we did in the Faith Dome Retreat. And I was like, and I'm praying, you know, and, and it's funny because to me, God in my prayer time, I mean, I laugh. Because he'll remind me of things, you know, at certain times. So it's funny how he didn't, he, I remember the Catholic part, and maybe it's part of me that I blind myself to it. But then all of a sudden I'm praying back home. I knew he wanted to talk to me. And I remembered that we had renewed our vows. So technically, we weren't unequally yoked. And then Bishop then told me we weren't even unequally yoked at the beginning because we were both two heathens getting married. So we were not unequal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, then, so then what happened then is that, you know, we had another heart-to-heart. -heart and we were like, okay, you know, we're just going to continue committed. We're going to keep trying. You know, we're going to see, you know, what we're going to do. And, 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 you know, and we just said, you know, hopefully God will bring restoration to our marriage because obviously we couldn't continue the way that we were. Now, during this time, when I said that I was getting a bit careless, I was doing some shopping for some music. Now, not to be funny, but I had experienced a loss. And that loss, which the world shared, was that Michael Jackson died. And so don't laugh at it because I was really upset that when Michael Jackson passed away. He had been such an inspiration. Rob and I were like, wow, you know, because he had been an inspiration to the two of us. We, you know, he does some of his moves. I do the woohoo type of thing to the youth. You know, I'm always doing that with the, with the kids. So um, it, it really, he was a part of my life. <laughs> so part of me was depressed with all the things that were going on. And I was really sad to see all the lost souls that were out there mourning Michael Jackson and mourning him like a, like a king and, and, and all, this, all this stuff. And he was just such a sad figure because I, here's somebody that had it all, that had the talent, that had the, the singing voice, had all these things. And uh, he grew up a Jehovah Witness, and so he didn't know Jesus, and that made the difference. Um, so I was sad for everyone, and I was sad for me. I was having my own little pity party. 
So that, not only the sadness, but the depression, I started getting nostalgic. I started getting nostalgic for the music because obviously you're hearing it all over the place. You're hearing that old music. Now for me especially, I think over a year ago, God, in my prayer time, God had told me, let go of the secular music. You know, I'm not judgmental towards anybody else that listens to it. But for me, he, you know, he said, if you want me to use your voice, you're going to have to let go of the secular music. And I was like, ooh. I, I waited a few weeks, but then I let go of the secular music. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I had a good fest listening to it over a year ago. Um, I didn't know what he proposed to do with my voice. I didn't know what he was going to do. And then a little over, you know, a year had already passed, and I, don't, I hadn't really seen much changes. I'm going through all my different issues. So um, I have to admit that while the thing about it is that when I dedicated myself to Christian music, a lot of it has verses in it, and a lot of it um, um, does, you know, its own little outreach. I can't remember the word, you know, in the songs. So it did. It was a turning point in my life because I let. I'm very music oriented. So where the music goes, I follow. So it, the problem with me listening to secular music is that, especially if I'm sad, I'll look for sad songs so I can get sadder. <laughs> and 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 so therefore, I needed to listen to Christian music because I needed to keep my focus on him. So that that. I, it did make that change, and I was aware of that. But that that week, I was just like, mm, man, there was just I, I just got very nostalgic. So um, I I was going in my little iTunes looking for some songs, and there was one song in particular that I will not tell you the name, but it has a conga beat and everything in it that I was like, ooh, man, it was good. But the uh, the song um, was made in the singer's life during a time that he was into witchcraft. So um, I knew that I should not be dabbling with that song because technically I was like, well, I don't know what he says in some of the words, so how I'm repeating it. But the beat was what was getting to me. And I knew when I purchased it, because I did purchase it, <laughs> I knew when I purchased it that I was doing wrong, that I should not be doing it. I felt it, but I said, God, just, just a little bit, just a few little times for me to listen to it. Um, I, I then started, the, my troubles started increasing even more. Um, I didn't realize how costly that $1.29 was going to be for that song. Um, the next weekend, we had the Royal Rangers pool party. Everything was great. We were starting to feel, Rob and I were starting to feel like an old you know, the old team again. And he's doing his thing with Robert while I continue on my overdue project with music. Because I'm, I, when we do the end of the year video and stuff like that, he does the rap part and whatnot, but I look for the other type of music because, uh, you know, he likes to rap and, and I like the other stuff. <laughs> so I had to admit it. I listened to the song again. And um, after we did the, I, I not only listened to that song, I started buying other songs, Bee Gees, you know, and I, I'm from old school, so Journey, a whole bunch of songs that I shouldn't, you know. At, those didn't, God, I didn't feel God's conviction in it at all, but it was making me nostalgic. Um, so when we ended up doing the Royal Ranger pool party uh, we did the cleanup and everything and the three of us sat down to watch a movie and when I got up to get water uh, all of a sudden I felt a rush in the back of my head in my neck and it felt like a stroke like I was gonna I was I was like oh my god am I gonna get a stroke <laughs> because it was just like a rush and then I started getting chills and uh, at first I thought, well, maybe it's the flu because you know how the flu hits you and your body starts aching and whatnot. And, and I, you know, I told the guys, I was like, something weird just happened just in case I die. You know, this is what happened <laughs> just in case I get sick. I'm very melodramatic, what can I tell you? So um, I, t I told them that, you know, and then I started getting like shivers. But again, I, I thought it was the flu. The next day, since Robert has to come to uh, Pastor Chad's discipleship class for 9 o'clock, um, 
which we always tend to get a little late. So we were trying, you know, they, we were trying. I was, I knew that I was going to delay them because I was too slow. I couldn't, I couldn't move fast. So I told the guys, you guys go ahead, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to follow. If I feel better, I'll follow, and I'll be there for 10:30. If not, tell Angel that I'm not going to be able to usher today. So as the guys were here and you guys were in church, I actually started getting worse. I started getting fevers, um, you know, slightly higher fevers. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't barely able to eat, and I was getting this nauseousness and this pain towards my abdomen, abdomen area. So when Rob got home, uh, you know, after a while, he prayed for me. And, uh, and I, felt, I felt the Holy Spirit that afternoon healing me. I really did. I felt the warmth, you know, and everything, all the good stuff. And, and, and when I think I fell asleep for a few seconds, and when I woke up, Rob was sitting in the couch next to the bed and uh, observing the rain because it was really rainy that day. And uh, I woke up, and I was like, I'm hungry. And he was like, oh, praise the Lord, you know. And I, and I, and I said it strong. I didn't say it weakly. And uh, so we thought the crisis was over and done with. We thank God. I ate some soup and went to sleep. Um, then, however, the next day, during that night, my fevers kept coming back. And they were getting higher and higher as, uh, as the time progressed. So I really, again, thought it was the flu. So Rob, you know, went to work. I told him, not go to work. Don't worry about it. It's the flu. You know, if anything, I'll call the doctor because he wanted to take me to the ER, but I don't, I don't like ERs. <laughs> so um, I said, no, if anything, I'll call the doctor and I'll see because, like I said, most probably it's the flu. So as the morning progressed, however, I really started getting high fevers, close to, I think, close to 104. So I really should have been alone at that point. So I called him up and I said, listen, I'm really starting to get bad. Call the doctor because I still didn't want to go to the ER and, and see if she could see us and, and then come home because I'm going to need you. I, can't, I won't be able to drive. So he does that. We make an appointment. He makes an appointment for um, 4 o'clock. And I would take the Tylenol and it would go away for a little bit and I would sweat a lot, but then it would come right back. So um, we end up going to the doctor. The doctor takes one look at me, and I, apparently I look very pathetic, very, very pale and whatnot. And so she thought it could either be the flu, the gallbladder, or my kidneys because I had felt heat in, throughout my kidneys. So I laid there in her office waiting for a, a hospital bed to open up when Rob happens to mention that his boss, whose wife had passed away that previous Friday, had available some medical equipment, and uh, of which one of them was a wheelchair. So in my whole delirium thing, I remember Rebecca. And I said, Bishop sent an email asking for equipment. Didn't you see that? You know, we could use that for Rebecca. So he was like, no, I didn't, I didn't see it. So he was like, I'm going to call Bishop. And I'm like, oh, man, now everybody's going to find out where I'm at, you know, and everything. And I'm just very private that way. Again, I, was, I had withdrawn from the whole growing together part. And I didn't want anybody, you know, I didn't want anybody, like, showing up and seeing me. I mean, I looked like Kramer. You know, it was, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> so um, so he, he tells Bishop, and he says to Bishop, start the prayer chain. You know, and uh, asks him to start the prayer chain. And uh, then at that, uh, like a few minutes pass by, and my phone starts vibrating. I had, you know, so he gets it, and it's Sonia. And I'm like, oh God, no, I can't, I can't talk to anybody right now. And I just let it go to voicemail. Poor Sonia. <laughs> so um, we we get to the we get to the hospital, um, and they admit me there. Um, 
and I, you know, I was starting to, you know, they start t doing a whole bunch of tests. That night was a horrible night for me. I was very nauseous. I threw up in the middle of the hallway all alone um, and, because Rob had gone home and I was all alone in that room. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, maybe that growing together is such a, you know, is such a good thing because I could use somebody right now, you know, if, to have hold, held the bucket because I just made a mess in the whole hallway. And, um, and I really felt alone because, again, my family is in New York. I have no family here. Um, so, you know, the next day, um, I, I continued to, you know, get the fever. They're giving me, then the, another thing is that I had to wait for the IV because they can't find my veins. You know, one of those, I don't know if you guys are the same. Um, now, here's the thing. No matter how much I tried, I found that I was having problems praying in a normal manner. I couldn't, I could barely put words together. I knew that I needed to pray. I knew that I needed to rebuke this. I knew that something weird was going on, but for some reason, I couldn't think of the words and uh, the only thing that I could I could remember is God remains the strength of my heart God is the strength of my heart that that's it um, and then what was worse is that you know what was worse is that at that point I think of Bishop I'm like oh the soap this is it this is my thing you know I don't have verses because I knew I needed verses and all I could think it was God is the strength of my heart and I'm like that's not enough because it's not, I'm not getting any better. And I, and I was like, he was right. Paraphrasing doesn't work. And I'm in a mess in here. And I, the, another thing is I couldn't remember praise and worship songs. My mind just went blank. Anything God-related, so to speak, I couldn't, I couldn't remember. This went on for three days. Those three days weren't happy, for me, happy days for me. The first day I got the roommate from you know where, this old, old lady. She's in the room when I'm back, coming back from a strenuous test. And um, I did manage to say hello and run to the bathroom. And when I came out, I told the lady, you know, I'm sorry because they had the curtain open and she was watching TV in a loud manner. And I was feeling sick because they had taken me to a test where I had to do all this breathing and I was exhausted. And so I told the lady, you know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I, I need to get some sleep. I'm going to have to close this curtain. And, you know, okay, so she didn't say anything. So I go to my bed and I lower the TV. I didn't realize, I thought it was lowering my TV, but I was actually lowering it for the two of us because the remote was shared between the two of us. Don't ask me why that hospital's like that. Um, so then, you know, I, I lowered it down so she could still hear it, but not so that, enough so that it can disturb me. So I get ready to go to sleep, and after a little while, her son calls. And after her son calls, she starts to proceed in a loud manner to tell her son how I was a nasty so-and-so and how I was so antisocial and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I get this in church sometimes from people that I'm antisocial and all these things. And now I get it in, in a hospital. But hello, I'm sick here. I'm not here for a spa treatment. I'm here because I'm sick. So I, I couldn't, I, in my mind, I so wanted to pray for God to just zap her. You know, I was like, oh, God, just zap her. But, you know, I, I, I didn't. I, I held on, you know, and I prayed for her, you know, like, God, Jesus, you know. Then she starts talking about her lasagna lunch, and I had not eaten really since Sunday so I was hungry and she's going on and plus I smell it so that this lady was a challenge for me I was I was very glad to see that she left after a few hours because she was there only for some plasma she was really old um, and then her son her son took her her son took her and uh, when when she um, when she went to go, her son was also had been cold because obviously she had complained about me to the son. And Rob didn't know anything, and he was with me at the time. And he, you know, wishes them well, you know, good health when they leave. And, and I think the son at that point focused on me and realized how I was and, and wished us well. Um, that night, however, I had a bad dream. I woke up, and I was blind. And, and mind you, I'm still not able to pray. I'm still not able to say coherent words to God, so, so to speak, other than heal me, take care of me, that, that type of thing. Um, I... 
I woke up, I was blind, I couldn't remember where I was at, who I was, or any facts about me. And I've stayed at hospitals before, so this is weird, you know, that, you know, I've, I've been in the hospital even for a month, and I never had bad dreams in the hospital. Um, after a few seconds, which felt to me like hours, I remembered, and I relaxed, and I again tried to pray. It's weird because I, I knew that in my soul that I was in God's hands, but I couldn't feel him. So um, that really scared me. I was like, okay, am I starting to get something with my brain here that I'm not able to remember who I was, you know, getting these bad dreams. The next day, I get the opposite spectrum of the roommate. The, she was nice. She was considerate. She was low-voiced. Uh, you know, she was gentle in spirit. You know, I could, I could hear her all nice and mellow. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Um, and from what I could overhear from her, I, I think she was a Christian because I heard certain words, but I, I was letting, you know, the current was dividing us, and she was talking to her family. Um, they continued to run tests, and so far they had not been able to find out what was wrong with me, and I slept a lot that day. Um, by that afternoon, they switched my antibiotic, and I started feeling a little better. Rob asked me if, since I was feeling a little better, and the doctor had told me that I needed to start walking to get my energy, he had asked me, do you want me to bring your iPod? And I was like, no, I, you know, normally I'm very crazy with my iPod, and I was like, no, I, I, don't want, I don't want it. I just knew it was important for me not to listen from an outside source. I needed to remember these words. And so, but I did ask him to bring me a fictional book by this author, Francine Rivers, who takes random characters from the Bible and she'll develop a fictional story. So I was, I was reading the guys. I had read Aaron's story, the fictional story from Aaron and Caleb, and then I was up to the book of Jonathan. And Jonathan, for those of you that don't know, is, was uh, King David's friend and also King Saul's son. We know that King Saul had an issue with pride. I was beginning the book where it, it talks about the dad, King Saul. And that night I got into some deep thinking about pride and example and the example of King Saul. And it was not a real surprise to me because I'm always on the lookout for pride issues because I think that's one of my weaknesses. I did manage to kind of talk to God and kind of get more real with him. I, I wanted things from him, but I was afraid to ask because I was afraid how that gift or power that he might give me might affect me. How, what if I abuse it? What if I don't give him glory? I, I just didn't really want that responsibility because I was like, you know, you know, you got to really walk that narrow path. And so that's why I always kind of shied away from those type of responsibilities. So I got to sleeping, thinking about God, still praying. You're the strength of my heart throughout the whole thing. Um, and that night, I also realized that through my quest to pray to him, when I was realizing that something was wrong, I had not focused on the illnesses around me. What's ironic is that when the old lady was there, I could picture Pastor Mari being with a high fever, getting up and going to the old lady, do you know Jesus, when she heard that conversation. I, could, I, could, I was like, wow, Pastor Mari would do something like that, but I had no interest in this old lady. I was like, I, get her out of here. And, uh, and I realized that as they were taking me, you know, uh, Lucy talks about when you walk around in your neighborhood, you should pray as you're walking around, which I remember that I was like, that's a good idea. As they were wheeling me around in the hospital, wherever, I just, it never occurred to me to pray for anybody. So um, I didn't. I didn't focus. I, I saw the overworked nurses. I saw the overwhelmed doctors. And I here it is. I'm a person that's supposed to be in prayer. And I, and even though I couldn't necessarily pray for myself, I didn't. It didn't occur to me to pray for others. Um, so I repented and uh, I felt bad and I told God to forgive me because here I was in the hospital and I, what I did manage to do in my mind is whine. What about me? Why me? Because my that was a really bad time for me to be out, especially at my job. Um, so that looking back, I 
it, that probably had a lot to do with my prayer block because um, I, you know, obviously I wasn't, I was focusing myself on my, on myself instead of, instead of others. So that night I prayed for all sorts of people right then and there. And additionally, when my roommate's husband went to leave and opened the door, our room was quiet, but when they opened the door, there was the sirens, you know, the, the, the code going on because somebody was in trouble um, across the hall. So um, I prayed for that person and then went to sleep. So that night I suddenly, I suddenly, <laughs> I wake up and I'm blind again. And for some reason, I had had no hands. And I know that God gave me hands and he was going to chop off the hands of my roommate. So I don't know, I must have been making noises or whatever because my roommate's trying to communicate with me. And I don't remember, again, who I am. I don't remember, like, facts or anything. And all I kept doing is cringing because I was waiting for God to chop off her hands and for her scream. So I was praying for her. I'm like, God, please don't chop off her hands. You know, the poor thing, you know, have mercy on her, you know. And, and as I was talking and whatnot she she was trying to get my attention and I and I told her you know I couldn't breathe because I was hyperventilating because I'm waiting for her hands to get chopped off um, so she she calls a nurse uh, and then uh, when she turns on the light and she's you know after a few seconds I started coming too and I realized whoa what what did I do you know the nurse is coming here I is you know it must have been a bad dream you know obviously but I felt something black in the room you know I just felt something off and uh, as we're waiting for the nurse the, the Jennifer the roommate she gets up and she's like you know are you okay and I started telling her about the dream but I didn't tell her about the chopped off hands part because I felt you know I felt like okay you know I don't know what's going on here and I knew that that's probably something that I shouldn't share <laughs> so um I, I, the nurse comes over and the nurse says that, you know, that, that was night terrors, that, that, sh that, oh, don't worry about it. That was just night terrors and, and you're fine. She checks me, my temperature's fine and everything. So, um, I, again, I felt differently, but we were like, okay. And the nurse goes, and, oh, and before she goes, the, my roommate asks what happened to the, to the person that, you know, was coding when we, um, when, when we saw before, and she says that person had died. Um, when, and during, when, while that person passed, you know, was dying, the, the wife had called because she could feel it in her heart that something was wrong with her husband. So she was calling up, and so the nurse told us it was very sad because the wife felt it when the husband was dying. And so um, that kind of shook us up a little bit, you know. And so I had, we, she had the poor experience of me going all cuckoo on her, and then uh, this, this person dying. So we, needless to say, we were a little bit shook up. And uh, we, we admitted to each other that we were shook up. It was going to be difficult to go back to bed, but we needed to, to, to go try to get back some sleep. And I apologized again, and she turned off the lights, and I went back to sleep. I tried to go back to sleep. Suddenly, I felt God's presence. And he clearly told me, I want you to pray for Jennifer, and I want you to do it out loud. And I was like, say that again? You know, uh, can, you know can, can I do it in my mind? You know, this girl, I already woke her up once. You know, she's going to think I'm a nut, you know, because, you know, I, I, and I know I'm a brat. I know, but God, please, just let me do it in my brain. I'll do a really good one in my brain. And he, and he was like, nope, I want you to say it out loud. So, you know, for those of you know that, that I'm a big mouth, 
weekly I say to Jennifer, you know, and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you mind, you know, could I pray out loud, you know, and pray for you and whatnot? And she was like, oh, that would be lovely. So then I proceed, you know, to pray out loud, and it, it was good, you know. It was, it was long and everything. I prayed to people in the hospital, doctors for her and everything. And, and, and then, you know, I said, we, you know, amen. And she was like, wow, that was lovely. And so I'm like, yes, you know, I turn over and I'm like, you, man, I did it. I did it. I was able to pray to a complete stranger in a hospital. So I turn around and suddenly I felt a very, very hot, like I knew it was God. It, it was, it was hot inside of me, you know, like I, I've never felt that before. And God tells me, I want you to get up, go to her and lay your hands on where it hurts and pray for her healing. And I can laugh about it now, but I was like, God, you might strike me, but are you crazy? You couldn't tell me this before, you know? You couldn't, you couldn't give me all the instructions before. You tell me this now, this lady is really going to think I'm nuts. Because, I don't, I, again, I still don't know if she's a Christian or not. I'm just assuming. So um, I, I, I try to, you know, negotiate again with God. I'm like, you know, she's really going to think I'm a, I'm a nut. And God wouldn't let me go. That heat just kept getting stronger. And then I don't know if you guys have ever felt true fear of God, but I felt it that night because I could feel him getting angry. I like to say that my relationship with God is, you know, parent and child. I kind of think of him like my parents where he's patient with me and whatnot. And I eventually, because he knows, like, eventually I'll do what he says. You know, I might whine about it, but I'll do it. Um, but this time it, it, there was no negotiating. This time it was like, get up and go put your hand on that lady now. And I was just like, but I, and then I started feeling that he was going to lift, you know, himself out. And that if my, by my not, by my not being obedient to him, whatever she had, I was going to get, cause he was going to heal her no matter what. And I was going to get whatever she had. And not only that, but I would lose the opportunity of maybe getting a gift, which I could use for my mom. I thought I started thinking about my mom and how I could pray for her because I'm seeing her next week and, um, and, and for some sick relatives in, in Puerto Rico. And, uh, and I felt that fear because I knew that he was serious. I knew and I started feeling like the, the heatness was going, you know, like it was evaporating a little bit. So uh, needless to say, in a matter of seconds, I thought not only of Jennifer, but of my mom and my son and his knees. And I was like, wow, you know, I, I've never been one to pray directly for necessarily for people for healing unless they ask me. So um, I knew that this door was going to close and never reopen again. And so, I, I mean, it's funny now because I was like a bug in the bed. Like, you know, like, like should I? Should? And then when I felt that he was starting to go away, I ran out of the bed. Like, I got out of the bed. When I got out of the bed... I smelled myself for the first time. <laughs> this part is embarrassing, but I had been sweating, obviously, a lot because I had had fevers before during the day. And when I got up and I got a whiff, I was like, oh, God, you know, this is crazy. You know, I got to go to this lady who I don't really know. Put my, asked her to put my, you know, my hand on her, and she's going to smell me. and she, That's going to put her in a coma. And I was just like, oh, man. So I approached her, and I apologized first. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know. But I really feel that God is, is telling me for you to put my hand where it hurts so that I can pray for you. And she was so sweet. You know, God bless her. She was like, oh, that would be great. You know, and so she, you know, she didn't mention anything about my smelling because I could smell it. Lord knows. And um, then she... Uh, 
I, I prayed for her, and then uh, she put my hand, her, my hand in her stomach, and I prayed for her, and I, as I prayed for her, I could feel power coming out of me into her. It was just like the sensation in my hands. I've, I've, you know, I've only experienced that once when I prayed for somebody who turned out to get healed <laughs> um, by God. And um, when, when I'm done and I say amen, she says, maybe now we can sleep peacefully. And I laughed, and I was like, yes, maybe now we, we can do so. So um, I couldn't sleep after that. I, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I never experienced anything like this before. And I was like, you know, so she's quiet in her bed, you know, and, it, and this was like a little bit after midnight. And I was like, man, if I could just... If it wasn't because it's after midnight, I'll just, I could have sneaked out and called Bishop because I was like, I couldn't believe what had happened to me. So um, I'm, I go back to my bed because I want to be quiet for her. And um, I lay down and uh, I start feeling this overwhelming sense of gratitude towards God. And I felt all, all sorts of barriers coming down. And as I looked through my life, you know, as I was, I was praying and I was looking through my life, I could see how he's taking me through different levels. And this was another level that he was taking me to, and all I needed to do was obey. Um, so then as I was there in awe, uh, suddenly praise and worship songs started coming to me. All the words, you know, all the words that had gone away before I started remembering. And the first one was, the enemy's been defeated, death couldn't hold you down by my Michael W. Smith, I think it was. I just started singing that over and over because I felt like the room had cleared, like there was a peacefulness in that room. And I would hum the rest. And over and over, I had a stinky praise and worship in my bed. And I sang other songs and I prayed. And um, I could just see how every experience that I had, had had this year, he not only brought me through, but just the act of staying with him had brought me someplace new. I wish I could have taped myself that night or typed it up because I, I was like, wow, this is incredible. And um, he gave me these directions, which was to call Bishop to come see. To, I was being discharged the next day, but to call Bishop so I could see him. And I was like, God, you know, Bishop ain't going to come to my house because I'm all alone. Rob's got to go to work, and there's no way he's not going to break that rule. I'm a female alone in my house. He's not coming. So he goes, you know, well, call Sonia. Because Sonia was my mentor leader, and he was like, it's time for you to break down those walls. It's time to you to, for you to, to open up that door for Sonia. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, um, I kept, you know, praying and, 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 and continued on. And I could see how God had really led Sonia to deal with me because unlike other people, she knew where to push and where to, to, when to let go. And she was, she's been patient these past few years in dealing with me and in praying for me. And towards the end, all I could sing was, you're, you're beautiful to me. You will be my song for all eternity. You're overtaking every part of me. You're beautiful to me, and I'm left in awe of you. And I just kept going over and over that. Much more melodic in my brain, you know, but I'm here in front of y'all guys. I ain't singing. <laughs> so um, I, I remembered how I had prayed for God to overtake every part of me, and I truly felt joy that he was mine forever because in my version of the Bible, that verse ends with he is mine forever. And um he certainly is mine forever, and he demonstrated it that night. He's, God is patient, not a bully, and I stand here grateful that he held me in the palm of his hand throughout all my issues. I don't know where this is going to lead me, but I certainly stand in obedience that he will give me the strength to stand up for him. The next day, as I was discharged, um, Jennifer and I didn't get a chance to talk privately. However, she did thank me for praying for her, and she said that she had felt 
fear and pain that night. And after I prayed for her that second time, the pain went away and she was able to go to sleep peacefully and she looked much better too. I unfortunately didn't grab her number because she had visitors and whatnot and I was dying to get out of there and I just left. So I, I, I pray that she is healed, that she's good. Um, I, uh, that, as for Rob and me, we're, we're taking it one day at a time. Some things we're going to have to get cut off in order to, for our relationship to be strengthened. But we feel that we are going to wait for God to reveal himself further and that our marriage is being restored. And uh, right now, as for myself, I now have more coworkers that God is opening the door for me to talk to. And I saw myself, ironically, that night talking up here in front of you. And what's funny was that when I asked Bishop to come over, I told him the whole Thing of what had happened, but I did not tell him that God, had, I had seen the picture of me talking in front of you because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and then Bishop spontaneously goes, wow, that was something, you know, you're going to have to go to, you know, talk in front of everybody. And I was like, oh, goodness, okay. So um, I, I was afraid of this, and I know that that's why God doesn't show me the big picture. So for those of you that, you know, you always wonder where is God taking me to, it might be a little bit of fear that, you know, I know now that God doesn't show me the big picture because I might run away in the opposite direction. Um, I'm just, it's just the way I'm built. Um, I see myself a lot in Jonah where he got into the little thing. <laughs> so as for the song, I did delete it from the library. I did eliminate it and uh, it's no longer in my iPod. It's no longer in the, in the computer. And um, so in conclusion, my... As my, my Bible, the other, the Living Translation says, when I realized that my heart was bitter was when I was going through all those experiences and tearing me up inside, but I held on to God and he helped me. He, um, he's the one that's always my source. So when my health failed and when my spirit grew, grew weak, he, this, this is verse, I've been living it this year. He has remained the strength of my heart and no matter what I do, he's, he'll always be mine forever. So I thank you all. I thank you all for your prayers and... Thank <laughs> you.